Hey friends, for those of you looking for a way to support the show, I'm super excited to share with you that we officially have our two signature t-shirts up on the podcast website. These are my two most worn t-shirts. They are so comfy and so cute, and they've been such an amazing way for me to literally clothe myself in truth with a reminder of God's fierce faithfulness. These are great tees to buy to champion a friend going through cancer or a friend enduring any kind of suffering or to match your Bible study, your family for the holidays, and we've even had day camps and teachers buy these tees to wear as staff and they're such a beautiful and fun way to match. You can go to AllieChristian.com slash podcast to get a tee or two for yourself or for a friend to remind them of the hope we have in our faithful, faithful God. I love that when you support the podcast, you're going to receive something that is so meaningful and turn. Again, you can find both tees, all sizes, and gorgeous color options at allychristian.com slash podcast. Hey friends! So it is Sunday as I'm recording this and we currently are putting like as we speak our real estate agent is putting an offer on a home in for us that we are absolutely in love with. Everybody in our family is super excited and obsessed with this home. And so we are praying that we get this. I will keep you updated, but it is an exciting day in the Christian family. So we will see. We know that, um, by the way, I'm going to share, I'm going to share a little bit of our home story with you right now. We know that there are at least four or five other offers on this home and the offers are much higher than the asking price. The price on this home was just under our max budget. We couldn't offer much more than the um, than the asking price. And so we are able to offer about 5,000 more than the asking price, but we know that others have offered much more. And so all of that to say, we put in a really heartfelt letter. We sent some pictures. We offered 5,000 more than the original asking price. And we are waiting to see what God is going to do. So. Um, like I said, it is an exciting day and I just love the way that the Lord has continued to make us trust in him. <laughs> Our pastor this morning shared in his sermon about how as Christians, we need to be a people of remembrance. We need to remember who God is. We need to remember what he's done. Um, we need to remember how faithful he is. And we need to remember how easy it is to forget those things um, and how unwise and how similar to sheep that we can be. I was challenged this morning as my pastor shared that, after my pastor shared that, because I found myself in an anxious state and worried about whether or not we were going to get this house. And you know when you just kind of go into a tailspin and you eventually realize, you catch yourself thinking as if there were no God. And I know that sounds really serious and really extreme, but truly, if we stop and think about it, when we allow ourselves to be anxious and go into a tailspin, we're actually telling ourselves that God is not in control and that we need to be anxious and that that's going to help us get our way and that our way is the best way. And all of these lies that are not true. Um, and that's what I found myself doing this morning. And, you know, in a way, I just laugh at myself because he has been so, so deeply faithful to us in this cancer season where it has literally been life or death for me. 
And here I am worried that we're not going to get a silly material possession, like the material possession that we want. And as if we don't get this, then our plans are just, you know, shot. Um, and, and that's just not true. God knows exactly where we need to be and he will provide exactly as we need and as he wants and ultimately what is best for us. So I just think that it's really funny that, um, I have just found myself really anxious this morning and, but actually not anymore. Not anymore. I have given it over to the Lord. I've texted my um, prayer group. I have texted some really sweet friends of um, the moms that are in my daughter's kindergarten class um, just for prayer and we are trusting the Lord with it. So there's that fun little ditty about what is going on in our lives. And today we are actually going to talk about plans. Some of you may know that when my husband and I, about three years ago, before I was diagnosed with cancer, my husband and I had one of the hardest battles in our marriage ever. And it was an ongoing battle for our marriage in which our opponent looked like a long four-year conversation about my husband's career. And a career choice to some of you may sound like an easy decision. Like maybe you, but maybe you're pursuing a career in which you got your college degree in. And, or maybe you have forgotten about your college degree altogether and you're pursuing something that you just absolutely love. And your wife or your husband is on board and it wasn't a problem. It was an obvious decision for you. For us, it was not. Um, and by the way, if you have been in an ongoing battle about a career decision for your spouse, spouse, feel free to message me, send me a message and let me know. I'm here to just listen and chat. I really cannot offer you any amazing advice, but I just want you to know you are not alone. I know that when we were um, having this battle and arguing, I felt so alone. I felt silly. I felt stupid, honestly, for having such a hard time with coming to terms with what my husband wanted to do and that this was our biggest marital issue because it felt so strange. It felt like other people were arguing about kids and money and things that were more relevant to marriage. But what I have come to realize is that careers are just as relevant to marriage as money and as children and as where you're going to live or what kind of house you're going to buy. So this was our thing that could turn a romantic date into a WWE match with the snap of a finger. It was the thing that when somebody would bring up careers or plans, we would awkwardly smile or maybe have an awkward answer because we actually had hashed it out the night before and the night before and the night before and a few nights before that over and over and over. And we didn't really want to admit that to anybody. Although that stranger, hopefully those strangers who asked those questions, hopefully they didn't feel uncomfortable, but um, they probably unknowingly brought up the most sensitive topic in our marriage. Hopefully that has happened to you and we're not the only ones, but maybe your thing, like I said, is which type of schooling is right for your child or your strategy to conceive babies. I know that I have friends who their biggest battle is whether or not tattoos are okay or not. And after having these conversations with people, I discovered that everybody has their thing. And our thing was a career. And I could not believe that we were on such opposite pages. We sought counsel. We begged God to make the right answer clear to us. Like, whatever you want, Lord, whatever your will is, please make it clear to us. We did everything right. 
but we still could not agree and we truly still could not see an absolute right clear decision both of us were fighting to live the life that we assumed we would be living so we had in our heads the idea of the kind of life that we wanted to live and we were fighting so strongly for that life and I wish that I could say that one of us nobly sacrificed our desires but in reality both of our desires were smashed into a million pieces when I was diagnosed with cancer last year we not last year two years almost two years ago at this point um but it was 2019 we were left questioning when I was diagnosed how two people find joy when their plans are crushed and they become the attendees instead of the planners in their lives. That was us. We felt like this is such an out-of-body experience. What do we do now? How do you deal with this? How do you live when you feel completely out of control of your life? (laughs) All of our hopes were demolished, honestly, when we realized that life itself was the only thing worth fighting for. But in those dark days when I was first diagnosed, and I've talked about this before, in those dark first few days after my diagnosis, something holy happened. True joy began to emerge out of the darkness because, friends, I am serious when I tell you, I know that I've been slightly light and joking about this, but I am serious when I tell you that this was our biggest issue and it was so heavy and um, I'm not going to get into this right now, but if you asked Ben and I in person, we would have the conversation with you about um, part of where we believe the cancer came from since we have no history of cancer in my family um, and I am a young otherwise healthy mom young woman um, we believe that it was from the stress of this argument because it was so heavy it was day in and day out it occupied most of my mental space Um, and so when I was diagnosed we really had to reassess life. We had to reassess what was important. And honestly, we just had to stop talking about my husband's career because we knew at that point that he might not even have a career for a little while as he needed to care for our girls while I was doing treatment. And so as we started to take step backs, reassess our lives, holiness, that, that was like such a holy moment for us and joy started to emerge out of that darkness that we were feeling and it was almost like a weight was lifted off of our shoulders. As we walk and have been walking through a more physically and emotionally painful season than we could have dreamed of, we are truly discovering that the joy-filled life that we both were ultimately fighting for still showed up. We're learning that joy looks different than we thought it would. We are learning to live and daringly love. May I say dare, may I say love, not just like, but love a life that we didn't plan, which is a really radical thing, honestly, to say in in our day and age that we are loving a life that we didn't plan. I feel like there's so much pressure to perfectly curate and plan your life down to every detail that We forget that life is more enjoyable and it is more glorifying to the Lord, dare I say, when we are not in control of every single detail and when we open our hands and trust in him with our plans. And right now, honestly, life looks like taking baby steps into our new reality. The reality that suddenly appeared when our plans were savagely ripped out of our hands, our already aching hands. 
So if I'm being honest, reading your reviews and seeing your ratings of the podcast is more encouraging to me than a donation. I love being able to hear specifically how the podcast has encouraged you and that you love this podcast enough to rate it so that others can find it more easily and catch the message of Jesus. If you've left a rating or a review, thank you so much. If you haven't, would you take a few minutes right now, pause the podcast, and leave a review or a rating? Both would be preferable and super helpful. Your review can be just a sentence or two, and it only takes a tap to leave a five-star review. It means so much to me and also helps others find this community. Thank you again. Okay, now back to the show. Now, here's the thing. Here is a caveat. You guys know that there's always a caveat with me. That's one of my favorite words. Our dreams did not disappear just because they didn't come to fruition. We are still grieving the loss of the life that we thought that we'd live. Um, My husband and I are carefully dabbling, carefully, softly re-entering this conversation of his career as we re-enter quote-unquote normalcy. Um, But we we are really learning to walk through grief by talking about it because there is grief it when when at least especially for my husband and I when we talk about um, careers and futures and dreams there is grief for us and and again whatever your thing might be with your spouse or maybe not even with your spouse maybe you're a single person and your dreams have been crushed or your thing that you have been struggling with has just turned your world upside down there is grief there I I completely understand. We are learning to walk through that grief, like I said, by talking about it openly. And that's part of the place where this podcast came from. And we are also working on not being ashamed to talk about it because this is so much more normal than we think. And like I said, I was so embarrassed when people would ask us about, you know, Ben's career or future plans because it was such a hard topic for us to discuss. And learning that we don't have to be ashamed, that we don't have it all together, that we do argue about it, that it is a big deal in our house, that we are both really um, passionate people. As, as I released that shame along with those plans that I was white knuckling, that shame and embarrassment and those feelings started to just dissipate as, as we released our plans and and learn that this is this is a normal thing this is thing this is a thing that nearly every person in the world goes through um but the sweetest part of all of this of this learning process and 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 truly like where most of the healing has come from is by sharing the plans (laughs) sharing those plans that we had with other people that we recognize now just were not the Lord's plans and I'm not saying that what my husband's desire for a career um, is or was 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 or wasn't God's plan What I'm saying is that in 2019, when we thought we were going to be doing fill in the blank for my husband's career, and I was going kicking and screaming, I thought those were God's plans, but clearly it was not God's plan for us to start doing fill in the blank in 2019. In 2019, his plans for us 
were to fight cancer and to travel across the country to save my life and to move to Atlanta and pack up our home in New York and, and relocate and all of these things that have happened to us through 2019 and 2020. So I'm not saying that here and now my husband's desire for a career is no longer relevant. I'm saying that back back in 2019, we can clearly see that the plans that we had were not God's plans at that time for our lives. Um, but the sweetest part of this conversation is that we are discovering that the majority of people that we hold this conversation with, that we talk about open, uh, talk about this openly with, that they are also living a life that they didn't plan. Um, maybe it was a job that they had to give up because of a pregnancy or a newborn that convinced them, convinced my mom friend to stay home. Um, instead of returning to a career that she loved or was just about to take off or a work from home opportunity that my friend wanted to succeed at that just wasn't feasible with three young kids. It has been so freeing to have this conversation with people. And although, and, and truly through these stories, I am learning that it is okay. And this is, this is what I want you to get. If you don't get anything else from this podcast, this is what I want us to get that it is okay to live in what Ben and I have started to call the in-between. And the in-between may look like in-between gratitude and grief or loss and gain of loss of a dream, but gain of new, new dreams or new opportunities or new things realized. For me, for us, it looks like living with gratitude that the God of the universe has a perfect plan for our lives while also making space for the grief that comes with putting dreams to rest. I am learning to talk about these dreams and the in-between with God without becoming bitter or skeptical of him, which truly it for us, and I truly believe for most of us here listening, this is the most important aspect, what I just said, that we don't become bitter or skeptical of him because I know how easy that is to just beg the Lord to give us what we want and to make our plans his plans. But we have to be careful not to become bitter or skeptical of him. We have to remember to trust him and that and trust that he hears us and trust that he is big enough for all of our all of our questions and ultimately trust that the plans that he has for our lives should become our plans and not the other way around. That our plans should not become his plans, but instead his plans become our plans. I truly, friends, I am, I am not, I like, I am not joking when I say this. I truly did not think that I would see the day in which I was grateful that God took our plans and made them his, but the day is here <laughs> and I am more confident knowing he's in control of our lives, not me, but the irony is not lost on me. I am a time management coach. My job is to help women plan their lives. And I, I just want to say that I do believe that it is intentional that we have passions and desires on our hearts. I truly believe God has given our hearts, our desires and our passions and that we need to honor them. But I also believe that we need to walk so closely with him that when he changes our course or asks us to wait, that we still trust him. And that when the rug is ripped out from underneath us, we still believe in a good, good father. And so friends, here is to releasing our white knuckled plans. Here is 
is to the freedom found in open conversation and surrender. And here is to the beauty that comes with living in the in-between. And I want to go back to what I opened us with in talking about the house because I want to remind you that this morning, like I do not have this mastered. We are walking through this together. And I think as humans, as really broken, sinful humans, this is something that we are going to have to face over and over and over again, living in the in-between, the trusting God and remembering his faithfulness. And on the other hand, also knowing that we have plans and passions and and we need to figure out how those align with his faithfulness and with his plans. And if we simply are just trying to make our plans his and not vice versa. So here is me being completely open with y'all and letting you know that I want this new house so badly, but I can say with confidence, and I hope this is an encouragement to those of you who maybe for the first time um, you are dealing with having to live in the in-between and it just feels really heavy for you. I can say with complete confidence that since this is not my first rodeo with broken dreams and since I did have to wrestle almost literally (laughs) with my husband so much over his career and just over our thing. I am so grateful that something like a house comes so easily to us because that is not our thing. And I can, like I said, I can say with complete confidence that I will be okay if this house does not become our house. Although I want it to be, I am I'm trusting God with his plan. And, and I say all of that to encourage you that it is much easier this time around when we have a new big life issue that we are faced with, whether or not we're going to buy this house, whether or not we're going to get this house, what we're going to do if we don't get this house, will there be another house? It is so much easier to trust the Lord after we have been so challenged over the past year and a half to trust him and learning to be comfortable with living in the in-between. The, we don't have a house right now and I don't know what we're going to do. And all of those questions and issues that I just mentioned, all of those things. But then on the other hand saying, but you know what? God is, has proven himself so faithful and we can completely trust him and I don't have to stress and I don't have to worry. And I can be so grateful that although I'm, I'm anxious about this, it is, it is not as bad as it used to be. My anxiety about big issues like this have, has become much less because it used to be, I used to believe that it's not that it used to be a a bigger problem, but I used to believe and I used to give it more power than it truly needed or than it truly deserved. Our anxiety does not deserve any, any power whatsoever. Our God, the true God of the universe, Yahweh, is the only being that is truly deserving of our trust and, and our time and our mental space. What what takes up our mental space. He is He is the only thing that is worth it. So I say all of these words to encourage you. I say these to remind myself that he is worthy of our faith and of our time and our mental space. Um, and that I haven't mastered this, that I am still working through it, but truly it has gotten so much easier as we have trusted the Lord more and more. And he has shown up every single time every single time, friends, for a year and a half, 
when we felt like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? He showed up in one way or another and he's still showing up and he's not going to stop. So take this encouragement, whatever your thing is today, whether it's by yourself, whether it's with your husband, take it to the Lord. Do not allow that anxiety to control you. Don't allow that anxiety to um, let you eat in a terrible way. Don't let it allow you to treat other people terribly. Give it to the Lord. It is so much sweeter to watch him show up with his faithfulness. And then when we have to, when we are living in the in-between, it is so much sweeter to be able to say, I'm holding this. I'm holding space for my grief not anxiety, but grief and sadness, but I'm also holding in the other hand, complete and absolute faith that the Lord loves me and that he will show up for me. It is okay to live in that in between full faith in the Lord, but also holding space for your grief and your human emotions that if we're, if we get down to it, he is feeling those things with us as well. Okay. I'm going to stop talking now. I want to pray for us and then I'm going to go. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you have showed up time and time again, that you have showed up truly since our parents conceived us, that you were there creating us, physically knitting us together in our mother's wombs. And since then, you have been faithful, whether we know it or not, whether we have recognized it or not, Lord, there are a thousand ways every day that we don't even recognize your grace and your goodness and your faithfulness. I pray that we would see those more Thank you that you show up with so much faithfulness and so much love to us. Lord, I pray that we would have a standard of grace for ourselves, not a standard of perfection, that we would be okay with living in the in-between, with holding space for our sadness and our emotions, but then on the other hand, holding space for you and knowing that you are ultimately king and you know what is best for us. God, I pray that we would see your faithfulness. I pray that we would turn to you and that we would trust in you and your faithfulness and your love for us and that we would let go of our anxieties, that we would not allow them to control us, God, and that today we would supernaturally see you work and remove those anxieties from us. God, you are so good. Thank you for your goodness. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, have a blessed day.